0: Hey, thanks so much for listening to Sandals Church. Our vision as a church is to be real with ourselves, God, and others. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, hey, Sandals Church, happy post Thanksgiving to those of you who celebrated with food and family while giving thanks, hopefully to God and to everyone else. Happy Thanksgiving, because regardless if it's a if it's a holiday or not, my hope is that we would always be people who give thanks every day or as my online campus lead would say, youth lead would say on the daily, on the dizzle. (laughs) I don't know what that means. I think it means every day. Last weekend when I did a live prayer on Facebook, I mentioned that every day is a day to thank God for what He's done, what He's doing and what He will do. A while back, I used to work with a woman named Brittany who would always say, won't He do it, won't He do it? Amen, sister, yes, He will. And no matter who you are, if you are one of our local campus fam, an online viewer watching this this weekend or watching it on demand or one of our Sandals Church Anywhere location communities, you are in for something good today, I promise you. Today, we are in my home. Welcome to my house. I had to say it. I just had to sing it. I had to. Welcome to my house. And really, it's God's house. I'm I'm just a steward and manager of, of what God has given me and blessed me with. This is literally my home though, where myself and the people I love most dwell. My beautiful wife, our caramel macchiato kids, and even my Doodle dog that tends to get on my last nerve. I had someone uh, come up to me a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I didn't know him. And, and, and he started the conversation saying, hey, I want you to know that you're in my house every week. Uh, I didn't know how to respond. Um, I, 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 I was kind of scared. Uh, he, he said, I watch you every weekend. You're on my TV. Uh, well, today, sir, not only am I on your TV, am I in your home, but for you and the rest of you, you are in my home, and I'm so glad you are here. Our time today is really special because across all St. Louis Church campuses, as well as right here, our campus pastors are bringing a message and talking about communion. And just like at all the other campuses, as well as at the end of our time today, we are going to receive and take part in communion together. So make sure you have, you have something to eat and drink. If there's others with you, make sure that you all have something to eat and drink when it comes time for us to receive communion. Now, some of us grew up going to church and, and this was called communion or Eucharist, mass, the last supper. Holy Sacrament, Holy Communion. Some even called it Sweet Communion. That's what they called it at the church I grew up in. Sweet, Sweet Communion. I tell you what though, I was always waiting for that sweet bread. Never got the sweet bread, but that's okay. But let me say this. For the longest time, I didn't understand what the point was. I really didn't. Why is Communion so important? What's the point? Sure, it's a neat like sacramental thing to do in church, but but who cares and and what does it do and what's the point? I don't know if you're like me, but that's what I thought for a long time or that it was very habitual to me. Well, I'm here to tell you it's a pretty big deal and you're probably, maybe, possibly doing it wrong or at least not giving it enough attention. Today, as I talk about this this moment that Jesus had with his disciples and, and the moment that he asked us to continue to do, I want you to know that, that it was about being at the table. This is my table where we have a lot of meals. It was about being at the table. It, it, it was about what was on the table. It was about what, would, what it represented. It was about remembering to come together to the table. And I have to tell you, I gotta tell you something, friends, people of God, we need communion. We need to remember communion. And listen to this, our world, this fallen, sick, evil, and hurting world needs us to remember to celebrate and continue to receive and live out communion. It's actually one of the most important ways to help our hurting world to heal. We're gonna read from Mark 14, 17 to 26. And, and Mark is one of the, the gospels. There's, there's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, maybe you heard of it. And, and Mark is one of the, one of the uh, eyewitness written accounts uh, uh, of the time of Jesus when he was here on earth. And so it reads like this. It says, when evening came, he arrived with the 12. While they were reclining and eating at the table, Jesus said, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me one who is eating with me. They began to, to be distressed and, and to say to him, and to say to him one by one, surely not I, Lord. He said to them, it is one of the 12, one of the 12, the one who is dipping the bread in the bowl with me. For the son of man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been better for him if he had not been born as they were eating, he took the bread, blessed it, broke it and gave it to them and said, take it. This is my body. Then he took the cup and after giving thanks, he he gave it to them and they all drank from it. He said to them, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I tell you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink in the new, in the kingdom of God. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this time, Lord. Thank you so much to God that we're about to receive communion. This is my prayer, that those who are here today, listening right now, that we would receive all that you have for us to receive today, right now. There's got to be a reason why you left communion for us and you said remember to do this lord we want to know we want to know so father speak in the name of jesus holy spirit have your way in this moment right now amen for many of us just a few days ago we were we were at a table just like this we were at a table and for some of us what 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 was at that table was important i mean they're just for some of us, there just got to be mac and cheese. Come on, there got to be mac and cheese. There's got to be mashed potatoes. Put some gravy on it. You better put some gravy on it. Uh, we can't, we can't have Thanksgiving without cranberry sauce. <laughs> of course we can. But for me, we can't have Thanksgiving meal without sweet potato pie. Come on, somebody, I got to have me some sweet potato pie. Well, I don't know what that is. I ain't got time to explain to you. But just know you're missing out. For a lot of us, the people who were at the table were important. Important because you just. Can't have Thanksgiving without them. We can't have Thanksgiving without grandmama. Or, or or it's important because you had to practice some real grace and patience because of who was there at that table. Come on, somebody. Bless their hearts. Jesus, give me straight. Uncle Tippy is coming. And, and and maybe you are like our family and that everyone knows why Thanksgiving is important and what it represents. When my family gets around this table, the Thanksgiving table, we we make sure our kids know what Thanksgiving represents. Regardless if you celebrate Thanksgiving or not, all of us have spent important and very meaningful time around a table and sharing a meal with others. I I, I mean, I mean, when you think about it, there is really truly something special about sharing a meal with friends, family members, and just people. I remember one of my old seminary professors telling the class that that when he was overseas during ministry for years and, and spent time in non-Western countries, that that when it came time to making an, an important decision that it didn't happen at a board table, but it happened at a lunch table or a dinner table, all important life decisions were made around a table where there was a meal shared. There is something about eating with others. How many, of us, how many of us choose who we sit with at a lunch table, right? I mean, come on, y'all remember middle school? You remember middle school? Oh, I don't wanna go back to middle school. I know it was a very traumatizing time for some of us, but, but, but the person, the people that we sat with was important. Each table represented a group, a kind of people, and, and the conversations that happen at a meal table are important. And then the food itself is important. Most of the time we choose the food. My wife is a nurse practitioner. She always wants healthy food at the table. Always healthy food at the table, praise the Lord. Why? Because my wife knows that food is fuel. As I was reading Harvard Health Publishing, they talk about how food affects your mood, your energy, how you sleep, your brain function, your body. Basically, it's true. You are what you eat. They were right. I don't know who came up with that, that phrase, but they were right, probably my wife. Friends, this communion, this Last Supper, this final meal that Jesus had with his disciples and, and asked us to continue to do is a big deal. It's a big deal. A couple of observations, a couple of observations I, I, I want to look at, and then we will all receive communion together, this meal together. The first one, when, when it comes to communion, that, that the food is not just about fuel, but about communion. When, when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And then he said to them, I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer." That comes from Luke 22, 14, 15. Jesus desired to eat this meal with them. Jesus knows that, that the meal, the bread and, and the wine represented his body and blood that would be beaten and bruised and broken, but yet he fervently, which means with great intensity, seriously, serious thought, with much feeling, desired to eat it with them. The wine which represented his blood poured out. I can't imagine how much blood Jesus lost that day. Jesus knowing that he would be crucified and knowing that his blood would would be shed, yet he still desired to share a meal with them, even though he knew what it meant. That's because he knew that it was good for them. It, it, It was for our good. It would be fuel that it would be the sustenance for our life and what would connect himself to us. What would be physically horrendous for him would be spiritually awesome for us. Somebody just right now say, thank you, Jesus. And by the way, I think Jesus is excited to eat this meal and explain to them that that this bread represents his body, because he knows that it is him that they need. Remember when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray? You remember that? You you know the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. There's a part in there where he says, it says, and give us this day our daily bread. What's the daily bread? Well, many times in the Bible, we see bread referenced. In fact, in the Old Testament, in Exodus 16, the Israelites and Moses were, were wandering in the desert and they asked for food and, and manna dropped down from heaven. It was sweet bread. It was sweet bread. I, sometimes I wish I was back there to, come, to kind of get some of that sweet bread, but uh, I don't wanna be wandering around in the desert. I don't like the desert. But in the Old and the New Testament, bread was a staple. Bread was, bread was one of the most important sustaining staples in their diet. But Jesus tells us in John 6:35 that he is the bread of life and whoever comes to him will never be hungry again. Meaning that what we need for life right now and for ultimate life, and my God, our spiritual life should be the bread. Our foundational food source needs to be the bread of life. We need Jesus. Nothing else will satisfy. Not a job, not money, not a relationship, not not another religion. Whatever it is you're trying to find here on earth that satisfy you, I'm telling you, nothing will satisfy but Jesus. And it's with this bread, Jesus, that will affect our mood, our brain, our emotions, our heart, our spiritual walk with God and with others. Jesus is life because it's life that comes through death. It's life that comes through death. And I know that doesn't make sense. I mean, well, well, when does life come through death? <laughs> it's because of his offered up life through his death that we have life. John 6, 51 uh, reads, I am the living bread, Jesus. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of this world is my flesh. We now have life because of the death of the flesh of Jesus. Because he died, we have life. Give us this day our daily bread. He is supposed to be what we consume every day. Christ is our fuel and it's this food, it's this fuel, it's Jesus that we truly need. That is truly what we need every day. That shirt, that shirt has the right, what what y'all need is Jesus. Remember that shirt? Or maybe somebody got right, y'all need Jesus. Whoever said, said that was right. We need Jesus. And it's, and it's that, that fuel. It's what we need every day. That brings us to commune with him. When we, when we consume Christ via reading the Bible, prayer, in community with other believers uh, 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 of of Jesus or, or, or doing what he said, being in relationship with him. This is what fills us. We become what we eat. We look more and more like Jesus. Which by the way, which by the way, the place where Jesus was born, Bethlehem, in Hebrew means house of bread. The Son of God, the bread of life, was born in the place called House of Bread. Come on now, come on now, look at God. Communion helps us know that our unity is to be a gift to the world. I'm telling you, communion uh, communion helps us to know that our unity, our, our togetherness, is to be a gift presented to the world. Look at this, then he took the cup, and after giving thanks, He gave it to them, and they all drank together from it. That's Mark 14, 23. The word inside communion is commune. Commune is defined as a group of people living together in a shared community, those sharing life together. Communion, this word communion, is directly connected to community, commonality, empathize, togetherness, unity. When we share in communion, it is a time for, for us to receive what God has done for us. It's a communal thing. That's why Jesus tore the bread and passed it around the table. Each person had to freely decide to receive what Jesus was offering them. He was offering them himself. Look at this, come on, y'all ain't y'all ready. He was offering them himself, his broken self, that would make them whole. He was whole, he was whole, right? We all knew that he he was a whole person. He he was whole in spirit. He who was whole was going to be broken so that our broken self could become whole. Come on now, you know that's good. That's because it's God. And not just them individually, but them corporately, Them, them as others being unified. The, the, the people who come to Jesus, those who are broken, now discovering wholeness as an individual and as 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 a body. In fact, that's what Jesus calls us Christians, the body of Christ. He laid down his body so that we could become his body. A body is a connected, unified, working together unit. I, I I mean, I mean, how many times you've seen a leg over there, arm over there, eyeball? That, that's just crazy. That's just scary. But, but a body is connected and that's who we should be as the body of Christ. It's communion that brings those who are divided to one table with one common theme. You come to the table divided, but it's at the table that you, you find unity, that you find commonality, that you are joined together. And that one common theme that brings you together is Jesus. It's Jesus and this act of communion that helps us to remember and empathize with what Jesus did for us and that and that it's this meal at this table that connects us. Communion and being at this table represents reconciliation. Which, by the way, how can me, which by the way, how can we feast at the table of unity and then live during the week a divided table? as a divided table, at a divided table. To me, it's hypocritical and and, and it goes against the table in which we celebrate and take part in today. We who are followers of Christ should be unified. Let me say that again. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm telling you, we as followers of Jesus Christ should be unified. Let's go back to the middle school lunch table. No, I don't wanna do that. Come on, Pastor, just move on. When it comes to communion and and being at Jesus's table, Jesus lets us know that all are welcomed at the table and there are no cliques, no special interest groups. If anything, this is the one table in the lunchroom that has the power to bring all people groups together. Jocks, nerds, populars, pink ladies, greasers, plastics, emos, liberals, conservatives, Asians, Hispanics, lighter hue, darker hue, all people together. Communion helps heals your middle school lunchtime wounds. Come on now, I know you got them. Communion informs us that our unity is to be a gift to the world. It's at the table of God, this communion table, that brings us all together. That's why in Matthew we read that that if we are going to go to church and and offer up something to God our praise or offering uh, uh, when when we give our money or tithes or or receiving communion, and and if we're going to offer something to God and, and, and if something is not right with our brother or sister in Christ, that we leave at that moment, settle that issue and then come back. We as followers of Christ should be the biggest reconcilers in the world. And that will be a gift to the world and as Jesus said in the book of John, Jesus himself, John 13, 35, he actually said, you know, kind of a new commandment I give you, that it, will, that it will also be a great witness. It will be a great witness of who God is to those who are outside of the church because of how we treat each other inside the church. And, and communion is a symbol and a reminder of what brings us together. Who brings us together? His name is Jesus you know in this passage i'm always amazed that judas was at the table there are so many observations here but i i really just want to focus on one and share with you today just this one jesus makes room for those at the table who are his enemy the one who who goes against him yes the table is for those who who understand what god did for them and and, and and what he did at the cross and how he rose again to save them for us and for our sins and that he now offers them life. But but at the same time, the door is open to you, the very one who goes against Jesus, which honestly, depending on the day and most days, it's, it's us, all of us, you, me, we, all who are broken and not worthy are welcome to the table where you and I can receive that broken body of Jesus and allow the blood of Jesus that washes away sins to give you, to give me new life and eternal life. If you recognize that you are a sinner separate from Jesus and believe that Jesus was the son of God who died for you and rose again and now offers you a new life, all you have to do is confess, is confess. That what I just said and and, and say Jesus, I, I believe and want to continue to discover more about you. Today could be your first communion. Today, right now could be your first communion by saying, Jesus, I want you to come into my life and rule and reign because you know you're not doing a good job with your life anyway. And this is why the gospel means good news. So this is what we are going to do right now. Hopefully you have something to drink and something to eat. I'm gonna use cranberry juice and I'm going to use Hawaiian bread. And yes, it's sweet, come on now. Get whatever you have right now and, and we as a global Sandals Church and really the Big C Church family are going to celebrate and remember communion together. And this is what I want you to do before I read and we receive. Paul tells us in Corinthians that that we should examine ourselves, that before we take up the bread and drink up the cup, we should stop, think, and ask God to remove anything that is not like him in us. Let's just pause and examine where our heart and spirit is before we do this. So let's do that right now. I can just imagine that night. Well, actually, really, I, I can and I can't. But, but what I do think about was, what were these guys thinking? What were the disciples thinking? You, you see, they were celebrating Passover, a Jewish holiday in which all Israelite families remembered, remembered God and how he saved them from death, freedom from slavery, and them being in Egypt for over 400 years. This was a celebratory night. I don't know about you, but but usually when my family comes to the table and we celebrate and, and, and eat food, we'll, and, and, and we, all, we usually talk about the good things and we remember the good moments of our life. And here they are with Jesus celebrating and Jesus talking about dying. I mean, they had to think to themselves, here he goes again. The, 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 this gloom and doom talk. We read in the book of Matthew that that Jesus tells him that he must suffer and die and go through all these horrible things. I mean, it's so bad that Peter rebukes Jesus. It's that bad. And here he goes again at the table with all this negative talk. I know some of them were even thinking, Jesus, can't we talk about the time when, when you hear that guy who had leprosy? Or, 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 or that guy who was blind and you, and you he spit in some mud and spit in his eyes and rubbed on his eyes and began to see. I mean, I thought it was kind of nasty. Jesus, I, I would have done it a different way. But hey, the brother could see. He didn't really care. Or, or what about the old lady who, who who touched you, who touched the hem of your garment and 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 snapped you's healed. I mean, at first was like, "Mildred, you got to get up. Mill, you got to get up off the uh, get up off the savior. But 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 you, but you healed and you called her daughter. Or or, or what about or what about Peter? Peter, when you almost drowned because you didn't trust Jesus. But hey, you got your five seconds of walking on water fame, right? <laughs> Jesus, put you. You see, Jesus knew that it is the tough, hard parts of life, the storms of life, where we truly grow. As James, Jesus' half-brother, Jesus' half-brother, discovered just that. And and he wrote that down for us in James, in the New Testament, James 1-2, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness for you to keep on going and let that steadfastness have its full effect in you that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing because it's in the pain where we truly gain. Jesus knew that and that's why he knew to talk about his body being broken and not about the fun, happy, crowd-pleaser moments of ministry. No, he didn't talk about happy feelings of ministry. In fact, as they were eating, he took the bread, blessed it and broke it and he gave it to them and he said, take it, this is my body. And then I, I bet it clicked. I bet it clicked that they remembered this scene. You see, I think it all came back when Jesus was at the table and he took the bread, blessed it and, and then, and he gave thanks and then he broke it and then gave it to the disciples and then they distributed to each other, this broken bread that he gave them. You see, at the feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew, Matthew 14, Jesus took five loaves and two fish. You you, you, you guys remember this, the little boy with, the, with a little lunchbox, right? And Jesus like made a miracle and all the people were fed. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, blessed them, gave thanks, broke it, and then gave it to the disciples. And then the disciples started passing the bread out that Jesus gave them to people. It started multiplying and feeding everyone there. The bread was blessed by God, and then Jesus handed the bread out to the disciples. And then the miracle happened, as the disciples distributed the bread that Jesus broke and gave to them, the bread given to them in which they gave to the people. Then the disciples at this last supper, this first communion, see Jesus blessing the bread, giving it to them. And then their job, our job, is to see the miracle happen. Come on now, listen, listen, we're going somewhere. But we have to distribute the bread of Jesus. You see, part of communion is remembering what he did and what through communion and its representation can continue to do through us. Jesus, before the miracle of the 5,000 disciples were telling each other, Jesus, Jesus, I, uh, Jesus! Uh, this crowd need food. Uh, they, need to go and, uh, they need to go and get some food. And you know what Jesus says? You give them something to eat. Paraphrasing and the real meaning, you give them me. That's what they really need. And that's what they really want communion It's fuel, it, it connects us, it, it unites us. It, it's a gift to the world. It, it's a reminder to us that he asked us to be part of the miracle for people to find him, the bread of life. And all are invited to taste and see that this bread, the Lord Jesus is good. So as we grab our bread or whatever you have to eat right now, Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body broken for you take and eat it. And after they ate it, after you've eaten it, then he took the cup and after gave thanks. He gave it to them. He passed it around and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, the new covenant, which is poured out for many. Drink all of it. let's pray Father Father I don't know if we'll ever truly understand just what this really means but what I do know Lord and I pray we all know that this is important In fact, it's one of the only moments that you say, remember to do this. Father, thank you so much for your body. Thank you so much for your life, which was broken and beaten for us, for me, for them, for us, Lord. Thank you so much for your blood. Oh, thank you for the blood, Lord, which washes away our sins. Thank you, dear God, for doing everything you've done so that we could be all that we need to be. We give you praise, in Jesus' name, amen.